She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Hank Green, we're thinking about you. I was just bouncing on it lightly. Balls to the face. You don't put your mouth on a person's vagina without introducing yourself first. For me, sex with a pirate, yes. Muddy girl. We're jazzed. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know. My hips hurt. That's what I know. Mm. Because I had to sit in middle school bleachers for hours. My hips hurt too. Different reasons, but. Yeah. Um, I don't hang out with pirates like you do. Um, That's not why. <laughs> My hips hurt because <laughs> Livia got picked to play in the team versus students basketball game this week. Uh-huh. How did she and do? She played a whole quarter. Um, she didn't get knocked down and she She's didn't like cry. She's like this big. You could put her in your pocket. I know. Um, her friend, uh, her last name's Frank. I call her Frank. Frank uh, goes, Lip, you're short. Just pass underneath their legs. <laughs> Good call. That's an excellent strategy, Frank. <laughs> so um, the students did lose, but it was adorable. It was adorable because the students are really tired of losing because the teachers talk a lot of shit all week. Of course they do. A lot of shit all week. So some of the boys were getting real, like, rowdy and, like, rough. Like, the student section was a little really full. Like, real full. They made they made it because they do this for uh, Relay for Life instead mm-hmm. of uh, doing, like, a money drive or something. They, mm-hmm. they do this teachers versus students. They've been doing this for several years. This is, like, their 17th or 18th That's year. That's adorable. I love that this. idea. I do, too. And it's super cute. And it kind of gets them... It makes it, you know, it's a small school, so it makes them just bond a little bit. But one kid, he's like as tall as some of the female teachers, and he was just like plowing through them like you do see them in the NBA. And it's like he knocked down one of the female teachers, and everybody went, Oh, and he's like, You're kidding me, right? I'm 13. <laughs> like, you can see his face. You're mad at me for knocking down an adult. <laughs> Um, when I did my student teaching, we did a students versus teachers basketball game and they made the student teachers be the cheerleaders. So I had to wear the high school cheerleading uniform. Now, listen, I've always been big. I am bigger now than I was in college. Um, I had to wear pants cause I could not zip that fucker up. Like I bet they, was not I mean, up. in your defense, most high school cheerleaders are a size two. Like no, not at this school because this was an urban school, so we oh. had a lot of good. We had a lot of girls with had the head ass, like like a decent body shape and had normal body shape, right? But I was still too big for it. I mean, you're a grown up. You're allowed to have a big body. And I was 21. I don't know that I was a grown up. I mean, when are we ever grown ups? I don't feel like a grown up now. <sighs> That's fair. I mean, I was Matt literally yelled at me yesterday for jumping on the diving board. Molly, a week ago, you told us about how you fell out the front step. Maybe jumping. No, fell up the front step. Fell up the front step. That's not helping your case. You should not be jumping on diving boards. I was just bouncing on it lightly. I like to bounce. It helps my neurostimulation. Okay, well then get a bouncy, like a yoga ball and bounce on that. Or no diving boards. Or not lay down. So well met this week. <laughs> He's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is not a pirate. Mm. Mine is. Mm. Indeed. Okay. I never thought I would enjoy that. <laughs> okay. But this week we're gonna find so out. Synopsis, we're gonna well first let's say what we're did we already tell what we were talking we've about? We've talked <laughs> about we've said it three times, but I don't think we've really talked about it. This enough. is the book. Well met by Jen DeLuca. I I don't fucking know. So there you go. There's the book. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Welcome to Book Besties. We don't fucking know anything. We don't fucking know. All right. So now that's our new tagline. Welcome to Book Besties. This is a book I read. I don't fucking know anything about it. We're gonna go now. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us to discuss a book we don't fucking know. Okay. I don't fucking know. All right, synopsis. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's the synopsis. I don't okay. fucking know. I'm thinking of a finger. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. <laughs> okay. Magic. <laughs> Synopsis. <laughs> Well Met by Jen DeLuca is the first book in a series of standalones that take place at a small town, Renfest. This mm-hmm. book is the story of Emily, who has been living with her sister, April, and her niece, Kate, for several months after April had a terrible car accident, leaving her unable to care for herself. Terrible. What? I just said terrible again. Yeah. As Emily's life fell apart around the same time, including losing her boyfriend of five years and the apartment they shared, caring for April and Kate was not a difficult transition. But when Kate wants to join the school's Renfest fundraiser for the summer, Emily is forced to join as well. The fair is run by Simon, a surly, no-nonsense English teacher who took the fair over when his brother died three summers ago. Emily and Simon immediately butt heads, a pattern that continues most of the summer. Until that is that Emma, the tavern wench, meets Captain Blackthorn. As the summer moves on, Emily discovers she has a fierce attraction to the leather-pantsed Simon, who has continued to find ways to kiss her publicly in character. When those kisses transfer to private, the two begin to fall in love. But the big questions are still there. Emily has planned to leave at the end of the, of the fair to go back home, and Simon is obsessed with the fair that and puts it above everyone else. So how will the slow burn, grumpy sunshine end? Oh, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? This is such an unpredictable book. Nobody will have no idea how this ends. All right, listen. It turns into a murder mystery, actually, guys. And there's a gruesome ending. It's fantastic. Respectfully, Molly, fuck you. (laughs) Um, Okay, before we jump into questions, I want to shout out to Janice from work. She actually suggested this book. What up, Janice? Um, So like me, she likes to read books. I actually told her about Katie and I doing Smut Girl Summer. and said Someone that works at the library likes to read books? Not everybody that works at the library likes to read books. That's That's not a requirement. They don't require you to read books. I just would want if... I would want somebody that likes books to be around the books. They there are people that work with more. me at the library that haven't finished the book in years. It sounds sacrilege. So anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying it sounds sacrilegious. It does, but it's the way it is. So Janice likes uh, smutty books too. And so I told her she should do Smut Girl Summer with Katie and I. And she was like, I do Smut Girl all year. <laughs> so it's like, I live yeah. Smut Girl life. Fair. <laughs> Smut girl life. Um, so anyway, she suggested this book. This was one of her favorite rom-com series. Um, and so I bought it and put it on pod. And um, here you so, go. So um, I did not put a question down of this, but before we actually dive into the questions, I want to say this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I do not like about historical fiction, the thing that I claim bothers me the most is the predictability. Does it add anything to the genre how is this different than every other as um as uh, i'm prepared oh gosh i just blinked on his name Hmm. interviewed him for con anthony mara anthony mara Mara said you can't walk into a bookstore without tripping over a stack of world war ii historical fiction right okay so how why (laughs) why does that bother me so much but this, which is a complete formula rom-com. Why do I like this? What are you doing? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Christ, woman! It's preference! I've been saying it for fucking years. It's preference! <laughs> fuck you! No respectfully about it. <laughs> disrespectfully fuck you. I hope you feel disrespected. Fuck you! <laughs> After disrespecting my genre for a bazillion years, fuck <laughs> you! <laughs> I'm throwing my hair into my- Yeah. You know what? I'm fucking- My your headphones are all really fucked cute. up now. Like, I don't know. It's all disheveled. Holy shit. But your shit. hair looks cute like that. Leave it. I like it. Disheveled? It looks cute. Anyways. Thank you. It's really okay, shaggy. You, you could be right. But I still think- I actually think the you issue- You earned is- the fuck you. And the bell. Okay. 
That's fair. But I actually <laughs> no. think the issue is also something that Anthony Mara said. My favorite book of all time is historical fiction. And I... It, High I standards. I ha- That's my standard. That is the threshold for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Again. Right. That's fair. Fuck you. That's fair. I mean, I gave you one of the best historical fictions of all time. Written by a historian. And you were like, meh. That book was historical fantasy, not historical fiction. Uh, we could just keep staring at each other, but I think we could else. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. It is historical fantasy. It's not historical fiction. Fine. And it being the best is highly debatable. That is your opinion and preference. Ask the millions of people that watch the TV show. Okay, but they didn't read the books necessarily. Okay, but it's written on the brilliant mind of Deb. I feel like there's no winning this conversation. There isn't. Because I'm going to defend it till I die. No, that's fine. That's how I feel about To Kill Mockingbird. Okay, let's get into the questions. because, Because I've been disrespected. Same. All right. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. This is the first time that we've read Jen DeLuca. It's also the first book I've ever read set at a Ren Festival. So I wondered what your thoughts were on this author, the setting, and will you read the rest of the series? Okay. First and foremost, within the first three chapters, it got real local for me fast. Yeah. It got real local for me fast. The setting is rural Maryland. Yes. And I, spoiler alert. I live in rural Maryland. Dang. (laughs) It's not a touristy town like this, but it might as well be. I mean, this town, this town is stars hollow moved to me. No, it's not. It's not. You know what it is? Have you seen that show? Probably. I watch a lot of TV. Um, Oh, fuck. It's Dr. Hart. And I can't think of what it's called. Oh, um, Hart. uh, Oh, 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 um, where she's the doctor in a small town because it's her dad, but it's not her dad. In uh, Heart of the Dixie. Matter, Heart yes. of Dixie. Yes, I've seen that. That's this is Heart of Dixie mm-hmm. in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the Ren Fest was a, a smart idea, though. Like I haven't run Red Fest as the setting of a book before, so that was smart. Well, according to Jen DeLuca's bio. Um, a little blurb about herself mm-hmm. um, on book uh, Goodreads. Uh, she worked at a Ren Fest as a as a tavern wench. Well, that's so. This is inspired by that. The math adds up. I've never been to a Ren Fest before. That is surprising to me. It feels like something I would enjoy. It definitely feels like... I did not know that the Ren Fest would have pirates. That's not something I pictured. They have pirates? They do bars? I mean, you lived in Texas for so long, I'm surprised you didn't go to the Texas one. No. It was awesome. I didn't go to the rodeo either. No, I never went to the rodeo. That was too many people. I never went. No, there's a Ren Fest here in the area where I live in Virginia, but it's not a very big one. The one here is like less than 30 minutes away in Annapolis. The girls want to start working at it next year. And I'm like, mom's not a fan of that, but okay. All right. Well, so, so what did you think overall? Did you like the setting? Did you like the author? Are you going to read the rest of them? I would, I liked her writing and I would definitely read her again when I have time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I plan to get the other to get the other three. Although I have heard that this is people's favorite one in the series. I can I see the why. It wasn't that great. The second well, I one read, was Stacey. That's okay. So I'm not a fan of Stacey as a character. Stacey. So, huh? You said Stacey. Her name's Stacey. That's what I said. I said Stacey. That's not what I heard. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I'm not a fan of Stacey. They're mm-hmm. enunciated this time. I'm not a fan of Stacey as a character. Me either. Uh, she just... She didn't feel multidimensional. She didn't no. feel fully developed. As I a actually have a question about her later. Okay, so. let's do, yeah, okay. Let's get there. But yeah, uh, she's the second one. The third one is about 
uh, I don't want to tell you because it's a spoiler on two fronts. <laughs> oh. Oh, and then the fourth one's about a character you don't meet until the second book. So now I have to go look up who the third one's about. Damn. I can't spoil that for our for our listeners because that I can go look it up. Them we were going to read. Okay, so yeah, I I definitely want to read the rest of these. Uh, Katie texted me earlier today and said that um, Well Met is on hold for her at the library. Noise. So, so she's going to go get it. And um, if she likes it, I'm going to try to include more of them in the Smut Girl Summer read. Nice. Well, maybe I'll try to jump Smut in on Girl a couple summer. of Muddy Girl. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like... I feel like this is proof that we need therapy, but there are so many other reasons why we need therapy. <laughs> We're in, we've done the therapy. That's the thing. <laughs> we do the therapy. Exactly. We're just fucked. <laughs> this is as good as it gets, folks. Right. Emily is 26. She's had a cr- lot of crap happen over the past year. A lot of Breaking crap. up with her boyfriend that she dropped out of college to support. What, what did you think shit. of her character arc in this book? I love her development. Mm-hmm. I love her growth. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a great arc. It, yeah. It, it, it fits the story well. I have no complaints. My biggest complaint was that she was not going to go back to school. I think sometimes school's not for everybody, so that didn't bother me. It bothered me because it was for her. That was something that she wanted to do, and then she kind of changed her mind. Although, I mean, who knows? Maybe in the other four books, because Simon and Emily keep coming up right. in the other books, maybe she does go back to school. Um, maybe, maybe she's taking online classes while she's writing. Maybe the queen will pay for it. We don't know. Right. But um, I think it was something that was important to her, and I don't think that that she ever loses that. So the fact that she's right. like, I'm just going to run the bookstore. I'm not going to do this. Like, to me, that's not, that doesn't feel like her. Um, yeah. But I love, I love that Simon is an English teacher and that they banter about Shakespeare because hello, English teacher here. I love the Shakespeare banter. When she brought up Carla, uh, Christopher Marlowe, I was like, deep cut, mm-hmm. deep cut. <laughs> I was like, because not a lot of people are going to get the Christopher Marlowe stuff. You know well, what I mean? And, and that was flirty banter with, un, with being unintentional, right? So she yes. didn't necessarily have feelings for revenge at the time she still was planning to, like, hook up with Mitch. Like, that's what she wanted. Was, I love intellectual banter. Like, Same. I love intellectual banter. Intellectual and, banter with a pirate. <laughs> oh, my God. I worked with pirates. They're not. The, <laughs> it, I don't find it flirty. I find it annoying. Well, I married one, and uh, he is also intellectual, so let me just My say. rule is, if it's blue, it's not for you, so. Let me just say, let me go on record and say, my new thing is intellectual pirate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on happy for you truly i'm sure he's very happy as well (laughs) i mean i would like to think so um (laughs) simon's story is super sad uh his brother oh sorry going back to emily do you think it was necessary all this shit that happened with the boyfriend um i actually yes you do i do um especially like okay first what a shitty thing to do to her Mm -hmm. like i'm I'm a person that negotiates. So if I'm going to give something up, like my, my future, I'm going to want something back. So mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, I'll stay and work, but we need to get married. So I f- feel secure in our relationship. Right. Yeah. Like right. for her to just be like, yeah, we'll be together. No guarantees, no promise of a future. Just that was brave for her. I feel like it's something that from someone from our generation would never do. Like, this is not a thing like, that older millennials would do. We would not no, jump into a relationship without security and quit. I say all of that, and then I quit my job and drove across the country to be with Tom. But you knew I had another was, job lined up, though. So And, like, you knew he was the one. Right. Like, there was no... 
there there was nothing that would there's no way a boy would have convinced me to drop out of school so that he could go to law school mm-hmm. and i worked two jobs support us not with a ring on no, this finger that's not happening right mm-hmm. it's not something our generation would do i i, I just I, I i mean matt and i were three years four years deep when i got out of the coast guard and yeah. i was gonna stay home with the girls and i was still like uh, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't like that. Yeah. Any on my own. Yeah. And he's like, no, I totally got you. And I'm like, but um, I'm a grown up that like the grown ups need to do. No, he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I got it. I can cover the bills. And I was like, right, but I, what if something happens? Like I still need to. Yeah. He's like, nothing's gonna happen. No, no, you don't right. understand. I watched my mom's life fall apart. That might be like the trauma for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched my life, but my mom's life fall apart. Like we mm. had nothing like. Yeah. Don't I trust a man. Ladies, way. listen to me when I say this. Don't trust no man. Right. Don't trust no man. Right. Make your I, own I, money, baby. I felt the same way when I, uh, when. I still don't trust him. And I'm like 20 years deep with this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Stay edgy, gals. You've been told. <laughs> Stay right, on alert. So Simon's story is <laughs> sad. Uh, his brother, who he looked up to in the town, totally loved. He died three summers before of lymphoma. Um, and Not Simon- the lymphoma John ha- uh, Hank has, but lymphoma. Yeah. Hank Green, we're thinking about you. I am so sad, Hank. Yeah. I am so sad for you, friends. Listen, Hank Green is not somebody that I would expect Entertainment Weekly to pick up a, a front page story for, but it's on their website now. There's a story am, about him having. A I am. I, I mean, I am so heartbroken. You know how I, I connect with that man. I I re, I relate to that man so much. So his his cancer really was a, is really upsetting for me. Like I'm a real fan of his, and I'm. I'm really hoping nothing but the best for that man. I really, truly wish nothing but health, happiness, and light for him. Like, right. I am so... Mm. It's, also, it's also the cancer Hillary had. Hillary? Had cancer. Your when friend Hillary? Yeah, when the kids were in elementary. I didn't know that. Yeah. They didn't believe her. Her doctors didn't believe her. She's like, I have something in my shoulder. It really hurts. They're like... She had to go to her stat, her father-in-law, who was a radiologist, to take an X-ray, and they found a freaking softball-sized freaking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Wow. Another rule, kids, from Aunt Molly: if you know you're sick, you know you're sick. Fucking push. Yeah, especially if you're a woman. Yeah, they don't believe us. A constant. Anyways, next question. Sorry, totally off topic. So Simon takes over the fair. Do you think his obsession with the fair made sense? Yeah. It's what he has left of his brother. It's what he has left. I get it. We hold on to things. He prioritizes it over literally everything. Because it's what if, what if, what if it's not right? Would you know what I mean? Like you hear his argument in there, it, in, and right. it makes sense to me as someone that has lost loved ones a lot. I. What if a, this changes? Will I forget I like them? What so, if? I feel like he was living so much in his brother's shadow mm-hmm. that it wasn't just the grief that was driving him. It was. It, well, it was the. It was I can legend. never live up to my brother, and I'm gonna prove everyone right by fucking up the fair. Mm-hmm. And being Blackbeard is Blackthorn. Blackthorn, excuse me. Being Blackthorn is his only chance to be himself. You know what I which mean? Which is unfortunate. Black. Which is unfortunate because he's a totally different person then. Right. And I think um, Emily actually makes this point at the end that he is both the Simon that's the dickhead and Blackthorn. Right. And that those personalities, he just needed to reconcile them. What, and to allow himself to be both. What's frustrating for me is all of those people that knew him, not a single one was like, this is not what your brother would have wanted. Right. right? Like nobody was like, hey, it's okay to take a second. Well, this I feel isn't like Chris what he was wants. like advocating for changes 
and she I mean, was yeah. kind of looking back, but right. yeah, I mean, but she's right. also the queen. Like yeah. she's but just she's a figurehead. Co- yeah, but she's the co-lead with him. Yeah. As like again, as a figurehead. He never really treated her as a co-lead. No, he didn't, but she was supposed to be. Right. Um, I I, right. I agree. I think the obsession made sense. Um, I felt very sad for him, especially when he really breaks down at the end and he's like my family left like i have nothing keeping me here right but this exactly um so i get it i mean i get it and i see why he does it and it's just really sad that no one in that community was like hey what the fuck it's sad that it took an outsider to go yeah it's okay if you're not 100 percent in control all the time and it's like, Mitch, he's such a fucking meathead. He's like, oh, if he didn't like it, he wouldn't do it anymore. Mitch, no. Dude. Not everybody has the fuck it gene. Yeah. Not everybody has the fuck it. I'm done. You know right. what I mean? Some people are loyal to a fault where they right. will just do something until it kills them. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. I was really thinking that they were leading the way uh, that the car accident, the um, drunk driver was either Simon or Mitch. I thought they were leading that way. I thought it was going to be Simon too. Or that it was his brother and that's how he died. But then when we found out that died three years before, I'm really glad it was not Simon. But he was like drinking the flat from the flask and like looking more and more disheveled. Like I was like, okay, this is where this is going. Me too. I'm glad it didn't. Me too. I was real nervous about it. I was real. I was like, oh my God. It not only would have been a bad move, it would have been a rookie move. Well, it would have just taken it too dark. Yeah. This is a, this is a bubblegum. Yeah. YA. This is not YA. This is a bubblegum romance. Yeah. Right? I kind of wonder if that was the plan. And then the editor was like. No, this is too lighthearted. You need to. Like, it, this is a cartoon cover. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah, but sometimes the cartoon cover is not earned. <laughs> Art, <laughs> yeah, like, misleading. Like, um, I don't know, Ice Planet Barbarians. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> we don't greet people vagina first. This is not... No. You don't <laughs> put your do mouth it. on a person's vagina without introducing yourself first, gang. Right, right. And va- vampires don't whisper. Just so you guys, vampires don't have sperm. I just need to reiterate that one. That is very because I feel like we haven't talked about that in a while. We have not. Children, vampires do not have sperm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, first day. I don't know how to transition that. Hashtag not sponsored. I just want to cover all the bases. All the bases. All right. And John Green every season until he's on. (laughs) I've covered all of them now. The first day of fair, Emma, who is Emily's character, and Captain Blackthorn, which is Simon, are joined together in a hand fasting. This leads yeah. to a lot of hand kissing and actual kissing over the next few fair days. What do you think of this plot device? And do you think that Simon already wanted her at that point? Or was that just like part of the build? Okay, so one, I think it was built in. I think her... Niece saw that Simon was alone. She maybe overheard Simon asking questions about her aunt. And she's like playing little baby, playing little baby matchbanger and threw him in there. Not agree. Really? She was not okay with the fact that her aunt was dating her teacher. Oh, yeah. That's true. I think she was literally told maybe it was the queen's doing or Mitch's doing. Could have been Mitch's because he probably was probably like, Mitch. Duh. You know what? That he does that does reek time. of Mitch. That does reek of Mitch saying, "Hey, our, you know, let's uh spend some time and fuck with good old Simon here. He needs to get laid." Yeah, but it not her niece. But I did look up hand fasting, and it is either to mean um, engagement or it can be marriage. Um, it can just be a promise for dating. Mm -hmm. It can be a lot of different things. So I will put a link to that, um, in the comments or in the description below. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I I think that this was actually the first start of him really seeing her that way. 
Oh, when I he think, kissed her? Yeah, I think up until that point, it was like, okay, this girl's really annoying. She's pretty, but she's annoying. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, it was like, I want to believe that there was that electricity of that first kiss, that it was like, oh, mm. there's something here. I'm wondering if, you know, Her Majesty saw, like, the nippy sparks, and she's like, you know what, I'm going to just play a little bit of Cupid here, and yeah. just... Mm. Well, it's the grumpy sunshine, right? You've got it's this grumpy girl sunshine. who's like, yeah. who's like sweet and helpful and wants yeah. to help everyone, and and then you got him, and you got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, so, question for you: Sex with a pirate? Yes or no? Depends on the pirate. Would you put Matt in leather pants and ask him to be a pirate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, when he, they started talking about the leather pants, all I could think about was Ross from Friends. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> That's um, all I could think about, honestly, actually, was Ross from Friends. I was actually thinking about, and I know he's not wearing leather pants, I know he's wearing like dress slacks, but mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about that scene um, with Hugh Grant in Love Actually where he's dancing and he's got his like like that's what I was picturing when she was talking about Simon walking up the hill backwards and she was like watching his butt like that's what I was picturing Um, no yeah I definitely was thinking about how poor Roz struggled so hard with those goddamn leather pants and friends (laughs) they've made a paste (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking millennials were so broken so broken so um broken. Uh, for me sex with a pirate yes but <laughs> you live with a pirate so i do i do it's true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. and he has been paid for this episode and i'm sure he has <laughs> and last week's and next week's uh, and the week before. I haven't paid him <laughs> for next week's yet, so. Better. I will. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I would not let I would not let you. Thank God. That's my pirate. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. We really need to get back to this book. We are this, this is, is two episodes in a row. We have been terribly off topic. This was about the book though. Pirate. Oh, okay. Sex with a pirate. That's about the book. Sure, 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 sure. In addition to the Simon and Emily story, there is a side story about the town's bookstore run by the queen herself. Um, Her royal highness. Um, Emily frequents the store and then ends up like helping save it and make it more profitable and right. blah, 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 blah. What do you think about the trope for the story? Did, did they need it? Yes and no. Okay. Like, I'm glad... They threw it in there. It gave her more of, like, visibility in the town and all that jazz. But, like, did we need it? No. But we needed a way for her to make money, right? So she made money. It's the same thing as Book Lovers by Emily Henry, right? So that one ends with one of the sisters staying after saving the bookstore. Like, yes, it is a cliche. It is a cliche. But But I don't hate it. Right. I mean, I don't know how else I wouldn't be able to write anything else into this that would work. The only right? thing else I could have thought was she decided to stay um, with April and Kate and went back to a community college or something like that. Yeah. You know, that, like, that I could have seen. But there needed to be something that made her feel of value. Yeah. And um, it was doing that. Yeah. So It gave her a purpose. Yeah. So let's talk about Emily's friend, Stacy. So Stacy okay. is supposed to be in charge of the wenches, but she's really terrible at it. Um, so I mean, really what do you think about Stacy? I think I'm surprised Stacy's a nurse. She's a nurse? I remember her wearing scrubs and I remember going, there's no way she's a nurse. What's she, what's she do? She's a nurse. I think she's either a nurse or a dental hygienist. Maybe I she's a remember. school nurse. That would make sense. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, Stacy lacks organization skills. Stacy lacks observation skills. Stacy lacks 
a lot of things. And I think that's why Stacy stays in the small town is because it's safe for her. I, and I don't think, I don't think that, um, oh my gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Hey, that's my line. I know, right? <laughs> um, I don't think that Stacy, um, she is a flat character, like you said earlier. Um, I don't think that she, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll think of it later. Who do you think she's banging? I don't know. You I know, think the and, guy at the, at the tavern, the one that's been helping them from the beginning, can't think of his name, but I think it's him. Oh, Michael? Is that his name? The redhead? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's who it's going to be. I think they keep trying to hint that it's the the guy in the kilt, like to throw Mitch. you off the scent, Mitch. Mm -hmm. But they're too buddy buddy. They're like too friendly. That's what I was gonna say. In this small town in which she was raised, there's no way that she hasn't banged Mitch. I mean, they who might hasn't be friends now. They might be friends now, but she's either slept with him or she slept with Simon because that is her inner circle. Like that's it. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. I had a very small group of friends and I dated two of the boys in our circle. Yep. It happens. Yep. It happens. I dated two of the guys in my friend circle, but one in high school, one in college, but they were from that original circle. Right. Right. The one Both I broke of them up asses. Really? So one was my high school sweetheart. And the one before encouraged me to date my high school sweetheart. So the boy that broke up with me then told me to date his best friend because he knew how much his best friend liked me. Weird, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Then. All right. So then there's Mitch, the hot gym teacher who wears a kilt oh. all summer and battles Simon in live action chess. Men in kilts. Yes or no? Yes, but why wear the bike shorts, Comey? Commit. Because it's a family-friendly event. <laughs> That's not how... That is not historically correct. I can't believe Simon lets him get away with it. <laughs> Listen, because Simon doesn't want to see his... Because Simon doesn't want to see his tibbles and bits. That's why. While he's flipping over his head. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Balls to the face. <laughs> Twice a day. Twice a day, every day. Most Three times day. on Saturday. <laughs> I I never would have thought a guy in a kilt would be sexy until Jamie Fraser from mm, Outlander. Outlander definitely helped that, did it not? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's coming back this summer, last season. I know. I'm really behind. I'm like two or three seasons behind. I haven't had time. Okay, I'm going to make well, time. Try to I'm going to make time. I'm, you know, with, with the podcast and the books I'm writing. Well, something has to go. Speaking of, there used to be another line here of sticky notes. Mm -hmm. I tossed a whole storyline this week. For the better? I don't know. All right. I haven't decided yet. Did you keep the sticky notes just in case? No. They're gone, gone. Then they're gone. <laughs> it's we're moving forward. Um, what did you think about Mitch's character? He was he's the guy that never leaves your hometown. Yeah. Mitch the is the that quarter, never grows up. He's the quarterback turned bus driver who Well, in this case, PE teacher. Right, but normally he's a bus driver, right? Or he works as like a local delivery guy, or he works at the grocery store. I don't know. It might whatever. Well, it was pretty common that the high school football stars came back and coached. Really? Yeah. It was some. Common. Um, it just depends. Like ours, like we had one that was the school janitor for a while. Hmm. He was like the quarterback in like the late '80s, early '90s, and he was the high school janitor. We had, um, I know one of the local schools. Their quarterback was like working at the Quick Fill. It just, yes, the local the local star comes back to high school to relive his glory days is a hundred percent. Yeah, 
I love the conversation that he has with Emily where he's like, I really just think of you as a friend. I thought that conversation was handled so well, but I got to be 100% honest with you, Molly. I mm-hmm. thought the big secret was going to be that he was gay. You did. I really thought. Oh, no. That he was going to be, that he was gay. Just in a closet? It, well, that it was kind of like known, but like. But nobody talked about nobody it kind of thing. talked about it. Um, but that's why his best friend is Stacy. That would make sense. But no, that wasn't it. No. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that because yeah. I would really like to see uh, him. What's going friend. on under the kilt? Yeah. Um, I just think. What do I think? I don't I just think it's a story played over. We just it's very common for the the the, the superstar to live back home. Like But it almost kind of made me sad for him that that was his story that he just like goes to the same pizza place and like picks up a different chick to bang and it's like it's a small town like how many you've worked He's... your way around at least once by now. He's he's your local Barney Stinson. It's true. No, it's true. Just a smaller city. Much smaller city. Um. All right. The miscommunication trope enters the book right before the last weekend of fair because, mm-hmm. of course, it does. Emily has a chance to stay and manage the bookstore, but Simon can only focus on how Chris leaving will affect fair. Was this a believable breakup? Yes, absolutely. Do you know how much this would be? That scene 100% reminded me of me and my husband. Mm-hmm. This man, there are so many times in this book I pause and I go, Matthew. Because I was like, why are you being an idiot? Because this is this is stupid shit my husband would do. Mm-hmm. My husband doesn't communicate well. Mm-hmm. Matthew, this is a 100% men folk do this. Mm-hmm. Men folk uh, get single-minded and will just forget. Yeah. The things they're doing or what they're talking about or who they're fucking talking to. Yeah. And before they know it, they've dug themselves so deep into a hole that the sand's just coming down on top of them. And the only way they're going to get out is keep digging to get to the other side. Yeah. So this breakup is 100% believable. For me, I thought it was believable for their age. Yes. And the shortness of their relationship the miscommunication that happens earlier in the story which is where simon thinks that that emily is with mitch Mm -hmm. that made more sense to me but here at the end of the summer if they were deeper into this relationship this is not going to be the thing to break them up this is the thing where she's going to be like are you going to stand and fight for us or are you going to do the same shit that you've Mm -hmm. been doing but because they're young, because they haven't been in that far, because that they barely Emily, know each other, because and because Emily has a past of men picking other things over her, which she has no idea of about. Right, that's what causes the breakup. But again, miscommunication trope. I know a lot of people. You book talkers, you TikTok, you uh, bookstagrammers, book You guys complain all the time about the miscommunication trope. But if you don't have it, how do you get the happy ending? They're just, like, happy the whole time? That's not real. That's, That's not, not real. real. It's not real life. It's not sorry. real. They need sorry. an obstacle or their love can't survive. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Um, all right. The book ends back at fair with another hand fasting. And this time, Simon is himself, not the captain, and Emily is no longer Emma. Does this count as the cliche ending of an engagement? Yes. I don't yes. know why I didn't mind this. To me, but I didn't mind it. But I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. But you know that I hate when books end with them getting engaged. But they got engaged at the end anyway. That's the next thing in the epilogue. They actually do get engaged one year and one day after they were hand fasted. It doesn't bother me because it's the it's, lightest of bullshit flag breezes. I thought that was cute. To me, it is cute. Okay, so the first time that I complained about a book ending an engagement, it was Jasmine Gilroy when we read, um, what was the, the wedding date? The wedding date. They got engaged like a year after they met, but to me, these fuckers did too. Okay, right, but they didn't have. I don't know. They got engaged before an epilogue. That's what bothered me. The book ended that way. If you have okay. a happy ending and then a flash forward and then they get engaged, I can take, I can be on board with that. 
Jasmine Gilliard, you just gotta fix your book. April will be happy. <laughs> Maybe. It's like I needed some more time to pass. I need the epilogue signifies time has passed. I get it. I get it. I just don't think it's necessary all the time. To be engaged? To, or to have the epilogue be the engagement? To have the epilogue for the engagement. Like, um, what was the other one? When you get the chance. It, that ends in an engagement. That was completely different because the people that were being engaged were not the main characters. But they still got engaged early and quick for no reason. Yeah, I didn't really like that ending. I think I remember saying that. That I thought yeah. it was cliche. But what I'm saying is, is this is the same thing. It isn't to me. Okay. It isn't to you. I don't know why, though. My notes literally say, I don't know why. <laughs> it says, okay. this is my note. Why doesn't this bother me? <laughs> that is a direct the quote. End. From the end. The end. My notes. <laughs> I don't have anything else. What? I got uh, nothing else. What would you um, call this rating-wise? Me, I gave it a four and a half. This is a four. This is a yeah. good four. Um... I think the world's filled out real well. I, I I definitely think she did the right thing. We complained about in Crazy Rich Asians that he built this world and he didn't just make it into like standalones. Like yeah. she did that very well. Like she I feel did. like I'm prepared for the she next did. books. Um, I am prepared for the next books. Honestly, I have nothing really to add. I don't think there was anything to really add here. I it just felt like a comfort book, you know. Yeah. I, it took me out of my reading slump. We talked about last week how yeah. I was in a reading slump. And now I am listening to King of Scars, part of the Grishaverse. Nice. And by Lee Barduga. And I'm still, I'm someday I'm going to get you to read it. And I am reading the third book in the Spoiler Alert series by Olivia nice. Dade. It's called Shipwrecked. I'm waiting for the, the first. Oh my gosh. Here's why you need to read Shipwrecked. Okay. Well, let me just, let me just tell you a thing real quick. Um, I'm waiting for the this next. Is the, you're waiting for what? Uh, the, waiting for the next fine print to hit. Uh, audio. Uh, audio. Yeah, this is the first paragraph of um, shipwrecked. When Maria's hazy brown eyes blinked back open after her orgasm, Peter held her gaze for another dozen thrusts. Then, braced on his forearms, fingers tangled in her hair, he pushed deep one last time and groaned into her mouth. Nice. That's the first paragraph. <laughs> nice. I texted it to Katie. I was like, sold. <laughs> Damn. I have I'm that in. right here. Where is it? I'm in. Mine's downstairs because it's where I was. Oh, reading. no. Not my flag. You want to you wanna talk about what we're doing this next month with that oh, flag? Oh, sure. So, uh, so for June, we're doing um, Pride again. All right, so you're showing the first book. Tell us what it is. Um, this is Home Field Advantage by Dahlia Adler. And right. I will not be in that episode. That episode no. will feature your friend. Leslie. Leslie. From, Flor from Florida. From Texas. From Texas. Texas I've never. Les I don't know if Leslie's ever lived in Florida, honestly. But I know Leslie from uh LuLaRoe and Bunko and Book Club and she's an avid reader. I'm so excited to have her on. Texas Leslie. Yeah. Texas Leslie. Nothing and to do with Florida. Absolutely nothing. I don't know why I said Florida. Florida Megan is our Florida. Yeah. And then um, the second book for June is going to be Love and Other Disasters, which was also recommended by Janice, who recommended today's book. Um, this book features a non-binary character. Um, so this will be the first time that I've read yes. a, a non-binary character. Um, so I am looking forward to that one. Um, and then we're going to end the month with Piper's suggestion, Loveless, by Alice Osman or Osman. I'm not sure how she says her last name. I should look that up. Osman, I want to say. That's my guess. I, I read the Heartbreaker series and yeah. it's so good. So I'm excited to read one of her like novels. Novels. And not graphic novels, but um, yeah. And this one is about a girl who's asexual. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So yeah, we're going to do some things and then that's it. We're just doing three that's books it. for June and that's the end of season four. Woo -hoo. 
Yeah. Woo-hoo. So we will have a bonus episode yes. for last week in June. I There will be a, a pod audio release. I interviewed uh, the author of Please Don't Say You're Sorry, Nicole Sodoma. And uh, we are, there will be a new intro to that episode uh, because I have some news to share with our listeners. So stick around for that. Um, <clears throat> it will be out the last uh, week in June. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take uh, the first week in July off before we kick off season five. Season five. Shit, Molly. This is two years, dude. Down. Gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I've gotten your ADHD ass to stick around this long. I I don't know how. I don't want to disappoint you. (laughs) I feel like that's exactly why we're still doing this, because neither one of us wants to disappoint the other one. We're both exhausted, but we're never shutting it down because heaven forbid we upset somebody. <laughs> we're gonna be in our fifties, like she's April, she's Molly, and the book besties. So we read this stupid fucking book today. Do you want to hear about it or not? <laughs> back to the beginning of the episode. I don't fucking know. <laughs> we're still doing this in ten years, and it's only the fucking four four hundred of you, two hundred of you. I swear to God, you guys better start paying us. <laughs> they can't pay us if we don't set up. I know. I don't want to talk about it. To do that. I know. I know. Kidding. All right. That's all I have. I, I'm done. All right. I'm we'll good. see you next week. Well, I guys, don't see next week, but Molly will see you next week. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Pritchetta. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.